1: nice to be here, and what a great service! The nine o'clock service was fantastic, and uh, I thought it couldn't get better than this. And then you all turned up, and look at this! So this is Beho, yeah? Now what a name of a campus, Beho! And uh, two months old, and it's too small. So where's your faith? <laughs> you know. Uh, Appreciated Jürgen's words up there, but he went to—he, we had a Bible college, it was some College, and Jürgen was one of our students. And so, uh, even though I can't take all the credit, we're immensely proud of Jürgen and Leanne and all that God is doing, has done in and through their lives. And you guys are blessed. I mean, it's a double blessing, really, because not only are they incredible people, but they're also Australian. And I mean it just can hardly get any better than that. I mean, that's as good as it gets. And the best news is, I don't need a translator or an interpreter because you understand Australian here because you listen to these guys all the time. So give someone next to you a high five and you can be seated and we'll get right to the Word of God, amen. It's nice to have my son Ben here as well. He drove me down from <laughs> drove me down from Orange County. Ben and Lucille, his wife, they planted, they started Hillsong in California, and uh, Hillsong LA initially. And so, great to have him here. He's a good man. Yeah, good parenting. Good guy. <laughs> Mainly his mother's parenting, and then my granddaughter. Bailey Love Houston, right here. Ten years old, very beautiful, like a pops, and uh, so nice to have them here. Okay, you ready for the word? A legacy that will outlast you. You think of some of the people in the world with incredible legacy. I mean, I often have been in South Africa speaking at conferences and There's one particular conference they put us in a hotel called the Michelangelo. And it's right next to a square, a piazza, called Mandela Square. Some of you may even have seen it. But in that square is a giant, about 10 times life-size statue of Nelson Mandela. And all day, every day, you can watch people standing at the foot of that statue getting their photos taken people of every creed, every colour. You get the sense people from all around the world and of course many everyday South Africans, one after the other, after the other. Why do so many people want to get their photo taken with Nelson Mandela? I mean, obviously he's a man with legacy. He's a man who put up with uh, overt racism most of his life. He's a man who as a young person, was accused of being a violent terrorist and ended up in prison for that reason. Of course, he's a man who spent 27 years. It just rolls off the tongue. But you think about it, 27 years of your life in a tiny prison cell on a little prison island off the coast of Cape Town called Robben Island. But none of that is what really framed his legacy. It's his indomitable spirit. It's his example and consistency. It's his commitment to right the wrongs. It's his determination to live his life in humility and with unbelievable superhuman forgiveness. It was his unifying of a fractured fractured nation. Those are the things that determined his legacy. What is going to determine your legacy? And what is going to determine my legacy? We all leave a legacy. Let's pray as the legacy that we believe for and hope for. The great news is legacy doesn't have to be built on the past. You can be building it right now into the future. And there's I been mean, a lot of conversation here about generations already. And that's what legacy is really all about. That father and son's day looked like fun. Yeah, oh yeah, that looked awesome. And it's about generations. Legacy is about generations. And well, I want to be a legacy maker. And I believe for you that you can leave a legacy that is well beyond what you could ever have imagined and perhaps well beyond where your life is at right now. So Psalm 112 tells the story of a man I call him the Legacy Man for the very reason of his impact on the generations. Let me read it to you. Oh, there's more light in this service. I can read my notes. (laughs) Listen, praise the Lord. That's a good way to start anything, especially in the morning. Praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying His commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. His children will be successful everywhere. Parents, hold on to that word. Believe God for that word. An entire generation will be blessed. They themselves shall be wealthy. Say amen if you want to. (laughs) And their good deeds will last forever. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are Generous, and this is the line I can't read because it's in the notes, it's in the fold of my notes. But it says, and then it goes on and says, conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. The legacy man. They do not fear bad news. They continually trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. They share freely and give generously to those in need. Now listen, their good deeds will be remembered forever. Legacy. They will have influence and honor. The wicked will see this and be infuriated. Ah, let's live lives that make the devil mad. Amen. <laughs> let's build churches that make the devil mad. Yeah. <laughs> let's go to churches that make the devil mad. <laughs> yeah. They will have influence and honor. The wicked will see them and be infuriated. They will grind their teeth in anger. They will slink away, their hopes thwarted. Amen. Amen. What about that woman in Proverbs 31? The Scripture says her children will rise up and call her blessed. I like the rising up part. Her children will rise up. Amen. Step up, stand up. Be all that God called them to be. Amen. And her husband, the Scripture says, shall praise her. So legacy is what you leave behind. Amen. I mean... At the end of it all, legacy is what we leave behind. Legacy is all about setting up the next generations. As has been spoken in this service, setting up new generation. You know, even if it's not our own children. I mean, what's happening through this church is not just about you and now. It's setting up generations to win. If you become a business person who employs people and lifts those people's lives... You're setting up generations to win. There's a whole lot of ways we can set up generations to win. And to me, that's exactly what legacy is all about. It's when we depart this world, amen, you leave the world a better place. And maybe, maybe not the world, it's deteriorating in so many ways, but your world, your home, your family, amen, you can change the future. Maybe what came before you was divorce and alcoholism and addiction and, uh, you know, troubled past and brokenness and maybe. But you can change the future. You can leave your home, your family, your greater family. You can leave the world a better place. Through the power of God, through the Holy Spirit, we can create a world that perhaps generations before us never knew. All out of your relationship with Jesus. All out of your faith in God. And I love the fact that this church, it's clear, it's about generations. And that's always a great thing because it means we're thinking forward. And that's the way legacy works. It works forward in Jesus' name. And so, <laughs> legacy. It fulfills destiny. It can take a lifetime to build. But the truth is, we damage it in a moment. And so many of us make mistakes. I've made mistakes. And you can look at me all Sunday morning-ish. But this room is filled with people who have made mistakes. Maybe some more so than others. But the wonderful thing about legacy is that through the grace of God, we can be on course, and we can fulfill God's Word over our lives. Amen. <laughs> and so, maybe legacy comes with a few twists and turns. It usually does. It's not just a straight line, usually a blessing, it's comes with a few twists and turns. Listen to Psalm 78, verse 5 and 7. Remember, we're thinking legacy. We're thinking generations. It says, For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children. But listen, So the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born. And they in turn will teach their own children, children not yet born, for all you younger people here. Amen. Amen. Children not yet born. But already God has them in His heart, and already legacy is being created for them. So each generation should uh, set its hope anew on God, not forgetting the glory, His glorious miracles and obeying His commands. Amen, you know, talking about setting generations up to win. and During the prayer time when we were pr- putting our hands on people, praying for people and praying towards people, my son Ben pointed and said, look at Bailey. And right there in a scrum of people here is my 10-year-old grandchild with a hand on, on somebody's shoulder. And praying a heart out. That does a popper grand. Uh, that does a popper. I mean, that's what you want to see, isn't it? Better than them around the corner smoking dope. I'd much rather see her. She doesn't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yep, that's what gener- legacy does. It really is about more generations. And, you know, why... Would we want to live lives with a legacy and be concerned with legacy? Well, if you think that way, it overcomes the emptiness and futility that so many people feel and sense of well-being. During COVID and during this season, so many people, their well-being, their soul is not well. But you know, you live with legacy and you've got something to fill that emptiness and to give you that sense of well-being and to point towards a greater future in Jesus' name. So I love that. It's, it's a determination that wherever your life is at right now, you know, I, I get the sense there's people here, right now your life is in transition. You know, you maybe between jobs or maybe in some other way, in transition. But right there, I believe, that pointing forward, God can do something wonderful. God can give you a miracle. Praise God. Legacy. Why legacy? Well, it's all about fulfilling destiny and living with God's created purpose in your life. You know, the Scripture says, 2 Timothy 1 verse 9, I love it. It says He saved us and He called us. Not according to our own good works, But according to his purpose and his great grace, excuse me, working in us. And that one verse, it says, he has saved you. He has called you. He has purposed you. And he has graced you. And if we live with that sense that God saved me, amen, saved me for purpose. He called me to purpose. He has graced me for purpose. You're on the way to creating legacy. Amen. Amen. So your salvation, yes, it was about you. It was about you completely, but it was also about generations to come. Isn't that wonderful? So I love seeing younger people who have that sense of legacy. You know, they have this sense, my life is going somewhere. My life is about something. Amen. I'm not going to leave this world the way I came into it. Amen. I want to make a difference. It's just inner knowing that you have more in you. And I know a lot of people, they have that. They just have this sense that no matter what their life looks like, they know that they know that they know that they have more in them. Legacy gives you a reason to get out of bed this morning. I don't know how easy or hard it was for you to get out of bed this morning. But what I do know is when you live with a sense of purpose, for me to know I was driving down to San Diego to come to the best church in all of San Diego and all uh, out, and outlining. And I've got other friends in San Diego, by the way. I'd probably say the same thing in their church, just so you know. But, but I actually believe it. I actually believe it here. Yeah, there I'd just be trying to make them feel good, but here is the truth. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Uh, <laughs> I get myself into a mess sometimes and I manage to talk my way back out of it. Yeah. So, you know, legacy, it uh, outlasts your critics, it outloves your detractors, amen, and it outlives your failures and your mistakes. So we've got every reason to believe God to use our lives in a way that leaves a legacy for generations to come. (laughs) I just get the sense this morning there's people here and you don't even fully understand yet. What can be future forward? Because you're too locked in to today and past. Forgetting those things which are behind, I press on. There's people here today it's time to forget those things which are behind and press on toward the upward call of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And so there comes a time in our lives where, well, we need to decide I'm going to live my life for more than myself. But it will not come, like I said, without challenges and opposition and persecution. Listen to this. In in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 19, the scripture says the way of the lazy man is like a hedge of thorns. But listen, the way of the upright is a highway. The way of the upright is a highway. And it sounds like it's just so easy. Just riding down the freeway. (laughs) But just a few verses later, that was verse 19, verse 24 of Proverbs 15. Says the way of life winds upwards for the wise that he may turn away from hell below. Life has some twists and turns, yours probably already has. Life has some twists and turns, but the key is to commit to winding upwards, not spiraling downwards. The way of life winds upwards. You've driven on roads like that. Amen, winds upward. That's when we live our lives with wisdom. That's a promise for the wise. And I just know it's true that at times, legacy means our life's winding around and (laughs) thank God for God. You see, it takes a lot for God to write people off, it does. Huge difference between denting your car and writing your car off. When I was 17, and don't hate me for this story, and especially if you're an animal lover, all right? It's a long time ago. I'm 69. I was 17 at the time. It's over 50 years ago. So in New Zealand, where I grew up, you got your driver's licence of 15, and so like most or many young people, not young people here, of course, when you drive as a 15, 16-year-old, you're not always full of wisdom. And you can never drive as well as you think you can when you're that age. Well, we, the church I went to where my parents were pastors, had a church camp. And we'd have camps out there and had a winding, winding narrow road out to the campsite and the last portion of it was dusty. It was a gravel road. And I used to love that road. I knew every bend and twist in it. And there was one particular hill. You get to the top of the hill, down the other side. And it was fun because you could show off to all your young teenage friends because you'd hit that hill so fast <laughs> that everyone in the car goes, when their stomachs drop, and it just made you feel good. But I did that one too many times. And I had a friend in my car with me and went up over the top of that hill like I love to do. And here were two girls riding horses 50 years ago, all right, in the middle of the road. And um, by the way, I love horses. (laughs) Well, I I was actually on course to miss them, but one of the horses reared up right in front of my car. Bang, I hit it. And the horse went over the roof of my car, broke its neck and died. Long time ago. (laughs) The Lord's forgiven me and you need to as well. Yeah. (laughs) And so it broke its neck and died. The girl ended up even further behind the car, but miraculously wasn't injured or just had very slight injuries. But my car was a complete write-off totaled we call it a write-off and it's written off by the insurance company because it's not worth fixing and if the insurance is worth more than the car then that could almost be a testimony but <laughs> <laughs> my car was completely totaled it was written off but by God's grace I wasn't you know, sometimes people will write you off. Yeah. People will write you off much quicker than God will. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot for God to write anybody off. Yeah. He's about healing yeah. and forgiving and grace and building. And so, But people, people are harder than other people. Yeah. People are harder on other people than God is. Yeah. That's a fact. Yeah. That's the way God sees you. That's the way God sees me. Yeah. You know, sometimes a car gets scratched up or dented. But a dent is not written off. Right. And sometimes there are dents in our legacy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, dents are unsightly, they're ugly. Is there anything worse than getting a car, a brand new car, and that first scratch you get in it? Yeah. I mean, it's so... Annoying. <laughs> Scraping your wheels against the curb is one of the ones that bugs me the most. And being married, you know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, sometimes, you know, there might be a, something in our lives that it's unpleasant. You know, it's It's unfortunate. It's unpleasant. It's like a dent. But you're not written off. You are not written off. God will not write people off. In Jesus' name. (laughs) And the other thing about denting your car is it's expensive. There's not a panel on your car these days that's not worth far too much money. You know, it comes at a price, and even if it's insured, what you have to pay the access before the insurance company even starts. I mean, and then, of course, it goes on to increased insurance costs the next year. So it's expensive. We can make choices in life. They cost us a lot. It's expensive. And maybe it's something we have to carry. It's, it's ugly. But by God's grace, you are not written off. Did you mess up that relationship? Did you mess up that relationship? Maybe. Maybe it's a dent, but God's not writing you off. Did you fail in business? Maybe. It's a dent, but God's not writing you off. Did you go through a season where you kind of lost your way? Maybe. It's a dent, but God's not writing you off. Thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his grace. Thank God there's a new day. Amen. And in him, wherever there's life, there's hope. And I praise God for that. So David, do you know David, King David? 66 battles he fought. And his record was 66 and 0. Never lost a battle. God was on his side. Won every single war he was ever involved in. But he did actually lose a battle. He lost a battle over his flesh and put a massive dent on his legacy. And he cried out to God, in me a mere clean heart of God, renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation and uphold me with your free spirit, your generous spirit. You see, King David, he has an incredible legacy. The Bible speaks of him in those terms. So we're not the only people who leave a dent on our legacy. And yes, I'm preaching to me today as well as preaching to you. We're not the only people. And it may cost you, and it may, unfortunately, be unsightly, but God can turn it around and actually use it yes. for His glory. It can become part of your testimony. It can become part of your story. And it makes the miracle of what God does in your life to create your legacy even more supernatural. <laughs> You've got to love the Holy Spirit. You've got to love serving God in Jesus' name. So here's David. This is what he says as an old man. That's much older than me, by the way. It says, Psalm 71 verse 18. Now that I am old and gray, do not abandon me. Oh God, let me proclaim your power to this new generation. Your mighty miracles to all who come after me. i got two friends. i got Probably three, but <laughs> two particular friends. Two particular friends in Phoenix, Arizona. And, you know, they really messed their lives up. They both got divorced from each other. And uh, they had been pastors in a church. They were actually living lives together and building something. And amongst other things, they had a horrific car accident. A big truck lorry just came at an intersection of Phoenix and took them out. They had three boys in the car with them, little boys. Two of them were twins, and one of their twins lost his life. And uh, a horrific situation, and the mother, the wife, she was so badly injured, this close to losing her life, that she was in hospital for months and months and months, and her face was completely gone, destroyed. And supernaturally, the surgeons created a new face and did a good job. I mean, <laughs> I was going to go there with cosmetic surgery, but I'm not even going to bother because the truth is uh, they did an incredible job, yeah. but their lives descended. Yeah. They got involved in drugs and they, they got divorced. and Obviously, they lost their church. They lost everything. And, Everything was just going downwards. But one day, you know, he, the guy, just didn't give up. And he just kept on being kind and kept on being nice. And even though his own life had become a shambles, eventually they came together again. And they both remarried to each other. Wow. Second time around. And today, and today, not only are they in love, The boys who are still here, one boy in heaven, the two boys that are here are, you know, on course in life. They're now pastoring a church and it's growing and God's blessing it. Don't ever tell me that because people put a dent in their lives, that God is going to write them off. No, He didn't do it for them and He won't do it for you. And that's the God we serve. Amen. And so... Let's decide, you know, we can live our lives as chain breakers, devil shakers, history makers, opportunity takers, legacy creators. Let's believe God for that because that's what God does in the hearts and lives of people. This room is full of testimonies. I don't know very many people in this room, but I can tell you a room this size, With this many people, this room's full of testimonies, and it's full of testimonies in the making. And uh, just staying on course and trusting God and believing that even though things may be shattered in the natural, God is a builder and a rebuilder and a rebuilder. Isn't it awesome when someone, they lose everything. But they trust God and they rebuild their lives and they learn from their mistakes and they end up mightily blessed. You know, God brings incredible blessing into their life. That's a word of the Lord for somebody here this morning. Thank God when he's working in people's lives like that. You know, there's a lot of Pharisees in the world. And uh, they're like three strikes and you're out. But I've got to tell you, we're going to decide at times and I'm going to hurry. Some things are only for a while. The Apostle Paul really offended the Corinthians. He wrote them a stinging rebuke. You know, it was called an epistle, but they were offended and they were upset. But you know what the Bible says? Only for a while. I'll read it to you. It's 2 Corinthians 7 verse 8. Paul's saying, for even if I made you sorry with my letter, He said, I do not regret it, though I did regret it. For I perceive that the same epistle that made you sorry, though only for a while. In other words, you're going to get over this. This is only for a while. What in our lives do we need to decide today? This is only for a while. I've been so tested in my own preaching because I've said the same things to people for years. Like in Bible college, I got taught by a principal, no matter what happens to you in life, never develop a wounded spirit. So I've told people that no matter what goes on, never develop a wound. And right now, well, I feel like my spirit is wounded, but only for a while. What is it in your life? And it's only for a while. Let's trust God. Amen. You know what the Scripture says about the Lord? 2 Corinthians 5.17, you may know a portion of this. says, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. Old is gone, the new is here. But it goes on, verse 19, and says, that God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. That's the God we serve. That's the God you serve. Amen. So thank God this is a house of redemption. This is a house of new beginnings. It's not a place for pointing fingers. It's a place of leading people towards a God-given future and a God-given legacy. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Remember when Paul said, and I'm done. Paul says, we had trouble on every side. Yet not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not struck out, struck down, but not destroyed. I wonder who in this place has things in your life you need to resolve today. That I feel like this, this has happened, my heart is breaking, but this is only for a while. Because what God has for you is too precious for it to be sabotaged by living backwards rather than living forwards. If there's areas in your life where you this morning say to the Holy Spirit, this is only for a while, just raise your hand. Raise them up wherever. Amen. Amen. Father, I pray for Holy Spirit resolve. I thank You, Father that no matter where we've been and where we are, that Lord, even when we feel struck down, we're not struck out. Holy Spirit, help us to know this is only for a while. In Jesus' name. I remember one person saying, once the best is yet to come. That's what I speak over your life today. The best is yet to come. Amen, over your life. Over your life. You look like a pastor in Ukraine. Yeah. <laughs> over your life. Over your life. Over your over your life. You could play chess or jackers on your shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Amen. For you guys. You know the the Lord the Holy Spirit is in this place right now. You can sense it, I can sense it. I love the Holy Spirit. I love the house of the Lord, actually. It's refreshing being here. But I've got to ask you just one more question. It's a question for everybody. And the question is, have you personally ever made a conscious decision? I'd come further, but they've put a barrier here I can't get through. I'm, jo- I'm, not, I'm, te- I'm teasing. I'm joking. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, they don't, they don't trust me to come out there. Yeah. <laughs> And so I haven't got time to tell you the story, but I have to. I talked about Ukraine. I opened their new church building, and I was cutting the ribbon. And uh, I didn't realize the ribbon was over there, and there was a red one of these. (laughs) (laughs) And instead of cutting the ribbon, I actually cut through (laughs) this. I'm getting back to it. Listen carefully. Have you ever made a conscious choice to surrender ownership of your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you ever encountered Him in a personal way? By encountered Him, I mean you know that you know that you know that there was a day when everything changed. I believe this is the day for some people here. This is your day. Today is the day of salvation. In a moment, I'm gonna pray a prayer, a general prayer with everybody inviting Jesus Christ into the hearts and lives of people. And of course, the Bible says if you ask Jesus to come in, He will come in and He'll live in you, abide in you. He doesn't come and go, He stays there, He lives in us. So this could be your day, and I believe for many people, it will be. Or maybe at some point you made a decision for Jesus, but somewhere along the way, you lost your way. You know, God doesn't move, He's the constant Amen, the ever-present God. God doesn't move, but we can make choices that have us living alienated. You know, it's time to get back on course with legacy. God-given legacy, it's time to get right with God. It's time to make your peace with Him. In a moment, like I say, I'm gonna count to three, and on three, I'm gonna ask every single person everywhere who says, Brian, when you pray for people, to make that conscious choice for Jesus, would you include me? I'm three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I believe there'll be many hands. If you say, Brian, when you pray for people to be born again, to start all over, will you pray for me? I would love to. So on three, raise your hand. If you say, Brian, I've got myself off course. I want to get back in contact with my God-given destiny and my God-given legacy. I want to come back to relationship with Jesus. Brian, would you include me in that prayer? Then on three, you raise your hand. Can we have every eye closed everywhere? Everyone in prayer. And if you say, Brian, please include me in that prayer. On three, raise your hands. Are you ready for that? Ready to raise your hand on three? Here we go. One, two, three. Lift them high. I just love seeing that. They're just so powerful to watch. So powerful to know that today is a day of changed lives people coming back on course with legacy, people coming back into the right relationship with Jesus. How powerful. You were born for such a time as this. Well, give them a big congratulations. I think it's fantastic. And could we all stand for a moment? I'm gonna lead everybody in a prayer, a prayer of salvation. And if you raised your hand, you in particular, you pray this prayer after me. But all of us, amen, this is a bold church and we're gonna pray boldly. So I'm asking everybody on three after me, amen, to pray these words. And I'm gonna believe for God to touch hearts and change lives. So let's go, everyone pray these words. And remember if you raise your hand especially, we're praying with you. Pray these words, dear Jesus, this is the moment. I surrender ownership of my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of you, Jesus, from this moment, my sins are forgiven. I'm a child of God, a follower of Jesus Christ. And I thank you for your grace and your forgiveness and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.